Hi, I'm Rachel Dillon. And I'm Marcus Dillon. And this podcast is Who's Really the Boss, where we highlight the joys and challenges of running a business with your spouse or family. Our mission is to strengthen families and businesses by helping listeners avoid the mistakes we have made so they can lead and live happily ever after. Welcome back to another episode of Who's Really the Boss podcast. Thanks for having me back. I think it's time that we ask listeners to leave us a rating or review, but I'm only going to ask for five star (laughs) ratings. If there's anything below five star, send me an email and tell me why or call me if you have my number and tell me what would make this podcast better. Tell me the criticism so that we can make it better. And then the next time you can leave the five star rating. Maybe they just really want to be on the podcast. Like that's the piece. Like you haven't asked them yet and they feel jaded. So if that's what it takes for you, for someone to have, give a five star rating or review, also let me know. And we'd love to have you as a guest on the podcast. Yep. So today we are talking about feedback and actually talking about some negative feedback that we received. So at DBA, we send out NPS scores. So NPS is net promoter score surveys. And the reason that we send those out is because we actually do want to know if the amazing job we think we're doing and that we're spending our time day in and day out thinking about and performing work is actually as well received by the client as what we think we're doing. And so we send those out quarterly now. And the question on a net promoter score is, would you, how likely are you to recommend us to a f- like a friend or a colleague? How, how likely are you to recommend DBA's services? And then, um, and then the next follow-up part of that is, can you tell us why you chose that score? And so it's really awesome. It's automated. Um, You don't have to think much about it. You upload the list of people that you want to send it to, and then it automatically goes to them. And it even lumps them into groups as far as what message they get automatically back based on the score they choose. So if they choose a 10, it's like, thank you for completing our survey. If they choose like a two, which a zero to 10 scale and two not being the score you would want. Um, it's ask them why, <laughs> why did you choose this? And so, um, yeah, definitely. And then we have processes internally about how to follow up with that. Yeah. Software does a lot of those automations, obviously. <laughs> so I think NPS is a way to measure is a, is a way for feedback from a client or a customer. So giving that customer a voice in any format, um, a lot of times you think about it's going to be the very hot or the very cold that respond. And it's no different than in these NPS scores. If you're just doing okay of service, you don't see too many six, seven, eights. You see either a 10 or a two. And um, like you said, we, we did get some feedback and work through it. And I think that's the piece where having that availability and having that voice of the customer is needed in today's business world because they can give that at any time in any format. They can just go straight to Google and leave you a review if they really feel that passionate about it. And it helps to build in a cadence where you ask 
for that feedback. So like for us, do we do that quarterly? Yeah. Yeah, quarterly. So it's all scheduled and it's all good. Out of those, let's say 100%, how many people actually click the email? Yeah, I know for us it was like 16. 16 people click the email or people submit? Because no, you're going to get a filter now. There's probably like 50%. So probably okay. about 50 to 60% we can see opened the email, read it according to how yeah. long that it stayed open. Uh, yeah, about 50 to 60%. I can't remember the exact number on our most recent. So of that 50 to 60%, and then you said 16% actually feel called enough to provide a score. Even less people, you can provide comments. So some people will go a step further and like call out certain team members or obviously on the negative one, provide feedback a little bit. Um, what was the what was the percentage of the people that kind of gave some text to that? About four. Okay. So just so I, I don't think that we're too outside of like what a normal thing is. So 100%, 50 to 60% is readable or read it. Um, 16% submitted a score, 4% felt passionate enough to actually leave words. Mm -hmm. So I think a lot of people get caught up in the mindset that they're going to get 100% feedback and that's not the right approach to take um, on anything. And so if you've ever done any type of email survey, capital campaign or um, uh, email campaign, I think that's the main thing to kind of keep in mind or those percentages kind of are, you know, standard. Yeah, and this was our last one. So we had just one, done an NPS score rating, asked for that from our clients, um, you know, three months prior. So that one had a few more that responded and a few more that wrote comments. I think a lot of times, <laughs> for me personally, if I just did it three months, like if I've done it in a short enough time frame that I remember doing it, I'm probably not going to do it again the very next yeah. time unless I've had like a super outstanding experience or a really poor experience so again if I'm in the eight to nine or I'm going to give the exact same score I'm probably not going to fill it out again so I would say in our first time we probably had more like 30 percent that actually submitted um, results so that's just something too to keep in mind the more frequently that you do it the difference in people who actually participate. Yeah. we kind of loaded the deck on this one because we actually sent like most of those clients a gift in between <laughs> the two different NPS scores. Um, what give, given the gift, right. And the personal hand note that went with the gift, was there any difference in the ratings? No, no. And, um, so we, we ended up with one negative yeah. and that was a person obviously who felt passionate enough to leave comments yeah. to leave words with their rating, thankfully, because that, you know, response goes back, you know, why would you give this? And before I go into that negative, the, the thing that I love about the NPS survey and it just asking how likely are you to recommend, it doesn't require that person to get like so deep or so emotional in, um, you know, there's thousands of questions that you could ask for mm -hmm. more direct feedback on specific aspects. Like, how do you like our technology? How do you like for us, your team of three? So each one of those people yeah. in that team of three pricing, I mean, you could go, when you say, how likely are you to recommend that pretty much covers all of it, meaning sure. that they trust you enough to have somebody else invest with your 
team. Um, but we did receive a negative, and of course, so we had 16, right? So 15 tens, like not nines, not eights, not seven, 15 tens. Three other people commented with how happy they are with our team, how amazing our team is. And then the one we remember, the one we're devoting an entire podcast to is the one person who is not satisfied and was pretty much like, absolutely not. This has not been a good experience. What did they rank? I Was it two, three, four? Two, three, six. I don't know. It doesn't matter. If it's anything under a six for us, it it comes immediately to my email. I get notifications of all of them, but for whatever, that one comes differently. Yeah. And um, we would call, we call that a detractor. Um, Somebody that instead of promote your business as a detractor of your business. And let's go ahead and break down. You got that email, next steps. So after the initial freak out of like, why don't they like us? Yeah, you went through the, whatever the stages of emotion are, right? You know, it's like grief, anger. Absolutely, absolutely. So I went through and then I'm like, okay, well, let me look at this client. And then who serves this client? How much time? Are they spending on this client? When did they become a client? So Is I'm going client like even back profitable? through. Yeah, absolutely. Going back through all the metrics first of this client. Yeah. Second, after that, then I went straight to our messaging platform because it's fully transparent and I can see every message exchange between our team and the clients. And so I'm like, are they using it? Do they get it? Maybe they don't know how to use this. Maybe that's why the service is bad. So looking at all possible problems from our side that could have led to them choosing the score. Um, The context in that was they didn't feel like they were getting anything other than bookkeeping, which is, uh, which is a small piece of the services that we foundational, but it's required for us to provide all the other value add services, but that's not what we would say the value of having a relationship with DBA is. And so I'm going back through to see conversations that have been had. If anyone's responding to those conversations, are we, are we providing value or are we just doing bookkeeping and payroll? And it's a complete transactional relationship. Um, and so after I was able to go through that, I was able to see something, um, from our side that, this is a husband and wife who we work really well with husband and wife business owners, but this is a husband and wife owned business. And the wife is the only one who responds to messages, even though they're sent to both, only the wife is responsive. The husband does not, but the husband did respond to the uh, NPS NPS survey and the wife didn't. (laughs) So it was sent to both of them, but only he responded. So, um, so that was a little bit. So next steps after that was definitely, okay, who's calling him? (laughs) Okay. So one, let me stop there too. This came in on a Friday afternoon, I believe, right? It came in on a Thursday, Thursday afternoon. afternoon. Okay. Mm -hmm. So, um, obviously Fridays are kind of this half day, not, not much drama, stress, thing for the team. So immediately that comes in, we start going through, okay, the team we're, we're, we're a hundred percent sure the team is solid. There's no issue in service related there. They are up to date. Everything is good. Uh, calls have been had meetings have been scheduled. Messages are going out. So we, that's where we did first, right? Like we did our due diligence on our side 
internally. Like we didn't just call the client first. That's right. And this all was only me. Only Correct. me looking and checking at all of these things because I get this rating and I Well, know, I got it too. And I'm like, <laughs> Rachel's got that covered. <laughs> and I know that this is going to be absolutely devastating to the client controller and the client CFO who are like pouring, of course it is, the client that they're like pouring out all of their heart, blood, sweat, tears, knowledge, expertise, you know, pulling additional resources, going above and beyond for this client. And that's the one. So I'm looking at all of this stuff without even, because I can see the information that I want to see without having to bug anybody else. It is a Thursday. Our team is either off on Friday or half day on Friday. So um, did not share that with the team yet, but did ask uh, you and uh, Justin, who also can see this, w this score come through, uh, who <laughs> would be best to have this conversation? I know we definitely need to call them and we need to call them quickly. Sure. And he responded, an owner, right? Um, somebody that wasn't on the team or, you know, even if that would have come in and let's say I would have been involved or you would have been involved on a client service team, um, still the owner or leader in the organization would be the best to call. And that's what we thought as well. So you called, played phone tag with the person who left the review. You didn't try to go to the other party because right. it came from that person. So right. we needed to clarify why he thought that. And after playing phone tag, you actually finally did get connected to him. And it was, he called back, you called him, he called back and it was an inopportune time, but you took the call to make it, make it make sense. Yes. And so again, just how deeply we felt Imp the importance of this call and finding a solution to this situation. I took it at the vet's office with the dog and the poor vet tech was just sitting there waiting for me to get off the phone and the dog just needed like a shot and really didn't involve any conversation, but she would not do anything until I was off the phone. So I felt so bad. I didn't realize that she wasn't waiting on the vet, that she was actually waiting on me to get off the phone. Anyway, so we had a conversation and um, he was very appreciative that I called him back, that it was a, that I called him back so quickly after. Um, and we just talked through and started the conversation with, you know, what do you feel like is the biggest problem? You know, why don't you feel like you're getting the value of what you bought and so just really he started with the bookkeeping and payroll is great he's like very responsive always on time you know answer any questions very very good but he was in a meeting to expand so i think buy a building do something he's wanting to expand his business so he was in a meeting with possibly financial advisor and banker both and didn't have information that he had asked for from our team. Now, the my next question was, because I had seen this information sent to him in our platform, um, was, 
is he okay with our messaging platform? Does he use it? Does he know how to log in? Does he have that app? And not in like a condescending way, just asking like, are Feedback. you able to yeah. use this? You know, is it difficult? Um, and he's like, no, I, I don't, I don't, I can use it, but I only use it when my wife tells me to go look at something or respond to something. Well, a message had gotten missed because she just had a baby. Hmm. <laughs> so it wasn't payroll or bookkeeping related. So she didn't need to attend to it right away. And then I'm, they're not, to, uh, just like us, they're not together 24 seven, even though they work together. So she had forgotten to tell him that there was a message that was waiting for him with a ton of work from our team that they had done to prepare him for this meeting he was going into. Yeah. And uh, so miscommunication was obviously at the root of the issue. Even like our side felt that we did everything, but still there was a disconnect on sending it over to their side because it was going to one person, even though it went to both people, but only one person kind of intercepted it and that was just how they worked. So of that, I think by Monday morning, right, he had already sent an email like you talked to him once or twice. I talked to him only once. Once. Mm -hmm. And by Monday, he sent an email fully apologizing for the rating. And then he also CC'd his team, <laughs> uh, at least, you know, the client CFO on it. And she had no idea, right? Um, she thought they were going above and beyond. And so Monday morning, that's when her freak out session started and reached out to us. And it was pretty much, no, this has already been handled. We didn't want you to ruin your weekend. Mm -hmm. But out of everything, it provided such great feedback because we did identify a gap in the relationship. And so how our team has even served him now. The other thing that came out of that was um, how we onboard that client as a new client. Um, it was, you don't have, like, we say this, but it's not documented and we have to document it now. You don't have to wait until the quarter end to have a conversation with your client CFO or your client controller. You can schedule that at any time, or you can call or email it, Like it's not the meeting for the, for the month or the quarter, but he felt that it was very rigid in, in how we presented that to him, maybe in an engagement letter or the onboarding guide. And so it was just clarifying how we really work because they were a newer relationship, less than maybe six months or a year. And so he just was waiting for his first quarterly consultation. That quarterly consultation was only 30 minutes. He didn't feel like that was enough. So a lot of that just built, built upon then him leaving that, you know, that rating. And so we had figured all that out. He felt fully served, apologized, probably could go back in and, maybe redo the NPS score. Um, but anything else to add there because protecting the team from that was important to us. Cause we didn't want to ruin, the, like we needed all the facts first before we brought in other people. Yeah. And his, uh, his message that he had missed his team of three had created like a, a forecast and a budget. And I don't remember what else, but, and sent that over so that he would know a about his projected cash flow for 
yeah, the building rest of the a year. building, buying a building. I don't remember exactly what it was that he was trying to do. Um, but the other thing, yeah, that he mentioned was that he didn't feel like 30 minutes was enough for a meeting if he's waited an entire quarter to talk with us since he's on like a quarterly CFO service. And it was, it was definitely eye-opening for me because no one no other client waits for that meeting you know they're calling messaging emailing which his wife does she does ask questions and she does respond and things like that because she kind of holds more of that relationship where he feels like he's only invited in on that yeah. quarter and so just talked with him about okay well some things going forward that we're going to do so that's really how we wrapped that conversation between the two of us up because he was so apologetic and I was not calling to reprimand him. I had to say thank you a hundred times for him being honest because if not, he would have, they would have just disappeared one day. They would have just called, put in their 30 day notice and said, you know, we're not getting the value of being a client. And so, you know, I started the conversation with thanking him for being honest. He didn't do anything wrong by giving us that feedback. That was truly his experience with our office. And that's why we were calling to have the conversation. And so talked with him about steps going forward. So kind of some things that we do for uh, for that business client is we definitely put his name in the subject line when it's things that are directly for him since we know they're both looking at it but he's having to filter out the things that aren't directly related up, to his related role to his role within the business um, so we do that on his quarterly meetings you know we just go ahead and say they're going to be 45 minutes you know mm-hmm. or if they go over More, it's, yeah. it's okay we've we've allotted the time if it goes over it goes over but that he has access to the team in between so if a question comes up or if they've talked about something with his cfo in the meeting if he doesn't have a response within a week it, it either technology didn't get to him mm-hmm. or there was a miscommunication on timeline because really it would probably be even faster than that that we would follow up Um, but if it was something that they needed to put together then i mean within a week you should have it that that should be your expectation so set some better expectations for him and then even opened up some boundaries that i think he had kind of put in on assumptions of his own Um, and so it ended up being really good but <laughs> another learning opportunity yeah. in that was when the team member received the feedback that we had not even shared, but had received the apology. And so she's like, well, I assume that this was a negative <laughs> review. And so we went ahead and shared that. But for me, of course, wanting to protect our team and not have her worry about that over a whole weekend because I knew I knew she was going to take it really hard and it didn't matter any kind of explanation, apology, retraction that's in her mind now, like that will always be in her mind. And so it would have been better as soon as I got off the call with him on Friday to send it out to her and say, Hey, this is what happened. This is the resolution. We're past it. I know you're going to think about it over the weekend, but it's already resolved. There's nothing left to do. Um, it, we yeah, should have sent it out. I, I wanted to be the one to share that with her rather than her being surprised by that and trying to figure it out Monday morning until I could respond. Yeah, it was resolved Friday afternoon after hours. So um, I think 
it was a learning uh, opportunity for us. That's how we view it. That's how we view these NPS surveys, these NPS scores. Um, I think if anything, people can hopefully see, you know, that this is what really happens in the day to day of our business. And if they choose to do this within their business, even in the world we live in perfect tens, it almost seems fake to some point. So you have to kind of like, you want to see a a non-perfect score because that means that someone wasn't so biased or that that wasn't a paid review or something that, um, there is a little bit of actual like work being done to improve the, the main thing to think through NPS scores. And we've sent some type of survey or anything like that is you should not even like, it's a buzzword right now, but you should not even think about sending them unless you're going to address them and follow up. And so, um, the positive ones, you could have an automated email or an automated message saying, thank you so much. And it ends there, right? The negative one, you can't ignore it. Um, and even, you know, me being guilty and a lot of, a lot of firm owners that are overworked and burned out and have too many clients, I may have thought like, screw that guy. He sucks. And I'm not going to call him back. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, but Thankfully, there's other people on the team that are able to think differently. And I, I didn't even think that about this because I don't know any of the context. Like, I'm, like it's not within my pod. So I couldn't even have made that. But there are some clients that if they would have reviewed us negatively and I know how much work and I know how much we care about them, I would have probably gone there really, really fast. So mm-hmm. what like. I think one of the other things, just mentioning that you have to you have to be willing to respond, good or bad, and yeah. whether that's an automated response for the good, that's that's fine, that's satisfactory. Um, but for the negative, even the even the thought was, well, you know, it's Thursday night, I can send an email with to schedule a call. And so we ended up playing phone tag because we didn't think that was right. We didn't feel like any time should pass between him sharing his feelings and us having the conversation. Another option would have been just to send an email and say, I saw your survey. You know, can you tell me, can you share, you know, specifics on what you don't like? And it wouldn't have been the same that he shared over the phone. Um, it could have been, you know, a same. lot more yeah. and so angry that he's having to type all of this stuff out, or it could have just been so short because he was in a hurry. Whereas I got a lot of context of where he was coming from, kind of the dynamics of how he and his wife work together. I got a lot of information and I'm not on his service team. So Well, and you can even pass that information on to the team in case they didn't have some of that context. Yeah. And I think what we did here was um given the um, like the lower the score, the higher the touch point on yeah. response. Um because if it was only a 7, let's say, a 7 or an 8, probably wouldn't have dropped everything and and depending on where we're at, right? And but you know, once it starts going to that detractor, then you want to like, oh crap, like we really need to go find, you know, what's going on here. So, I mean, it's just something that's built into our business as a way to get feedback from the clients. Um, would not would not recommend this for people unless they're ready. 
right? We don't want anybody to just add one more thing onto their plate and not do it well. Um, some some people their only way their only source of feedback is did they pay me? <laughs> like did I do a good enough job that they paid the invoice? And it's like that's a low bar. Uh, you know, hopefully you're just dealing with honest and ethical clients that pay your invoice. But this is taking it one step further if you really look at fully serving the client given the engagement that you've got. Yeah. So this, yeah, definitely not a checklist item. Not Don't put it on your, oh, somebody mentioned that we should do this. Okay, check, done for the year. Um, if you as the owner are not the person who would be best at remembering to do it, setting it up, or responding, then definitely tap somebody else oh, yeah. to kind of manage the process and then you as the owner can go in and speak into you know whatever the if there's a negative rating or a really good one and then potentially ask that person how else they could share yeah. that review the nps score for us it just is only internal only internal can see it and so if there is an opportunity there to share that as a Google review or to do um, a testimonial for your website or for your social media accounts or something like that, then you can follow up with them in that way as well. Yeah, no, that's really good. And I think it also, as a consumer, a client, a patient on your own side, if someone sends you an NPS score, hopefully you have more empathy to fill that out uh, because you've been on the other side and you know how lonely it gets when no one, no one clicks. Um, and you know that you do want to be in that 4% that actually does put text in to give a shout out or give a team, uh, kudos. You think about how often people ask for feedback and you know, where I wrote it down, like what if your family like had NPS score, like given other relationships in your life, like zero stars like, would not recommend really scary stuff. So it's like, compare that to, okay, this is my profession. This is my job. Like, let's try it here first. Hopefully I'm getting some wins and some kudos. Hopefully I'm winning in this aspect of life. And then maybe, maybe we'll kind of have some survey opportunities in other relationships. Um, I was, you know, given our anniversary, uh, with, you know, our marriage, I was listening to something and it was like, what if your marriage was a one-year contract that had to be renewed every year? It's like, it's kind of scary to think of. And a lot of these client engagements for most people, unless it's evergreen letters, it is just a one year engagement, a one year anniversary where you have to send out a renewal or whether it's just that one year project, like that's the choice to come back or not. So how do you get feedback before it's too late to where, you know, like they just shot the deuce and you never hear from them again. it's like, you don't want that in your personal life. You definitely don't want it in your business either. So yeah. That's that's definitely the thing. You don't want to be surprised at the one-year mark when they're either signing a new engagement letter or coming back for an annual service for them to just not come back or yeah. not show up. And then you're surprised and you have no idea why at that point it's likely too late. There's likely nothing that you can do to go back and fix the problems that they saw or the lower level of service that they were getting from you yeah. know the prior 12 months and a lot of times like you know you don't want to think that it is lower 
level of service, it, it maybe is just a miscommunication. And how do you open those lines of communication up that much sooner to provide what you know you can do for that person, whether it's a patient, a client, a customer, whatever that is, it, it the sooner you get that, the better. And so I think even the once a quarter is what's right for us for total client NPS score. But we've also added in like an onboarding, um, as soon as onboarding is done, kind of getting feedback there because onboarding sucks. Like, you know, it's so hard to kind of get somebody on the wheel of service as fast and seamless and just fully serve them and start that relationship off right. That's something that you can always be improving, no matter how perfect you think it is right now, it can always get better. And so I think that's something else that NPS right after onboarding or some type of touch point is pretty important as well. Yeah, absolutely. Well, this has been a great conversation about our failure um, and our, our negative rating. Uh, as, as great as our team is, there's always room for improvement and there's always, always, always room for improvement in communication. So as many ways now that we have available to communicate with people, we have to go back and check in frequently to make sure that those methods of communication are working both ways and not just one-sided. So um, yeah, a lot of a lot of things were learned and of course we want to share those things. So maybe you don't have to go through the same thing or you have a plan of action when it does occur. Yep. All right. Well, thanks for leading. All right. Talk to you later. Thanks for hanging with us to the end of another episode. If you have thoughts, comments, or feedback you would like to share, please leave us a comment or review on your favorite podcast listening platform. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss any future episodes. Join us again next week for another great conversation.